Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Let's Talk Hip Hop. Let's Talk R&B. Welcome to another episode, sorry, of Let's Talk Hip Hop. Let's Talk R&B. And debuting with me, I've got recording artist Jackson. How you doing? What's going on, D? Oh, man, I'm, I'm good. I, I woke up, so you know I'm not complaining, man. You're a friend of mine. I know you were saying it's only been six days, but listeners, I know him for six days, and he's like a friend of mine already. I said, it's been such a long <laughs> time I haven't heard from him, but he's like, it's only been six days. <laughs> but you are a gospel artist, right? Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? I know I said recording artists, but you and I are going to have some deep discussion. And I know listeners, I haven't had a gospel artist in a while, I should repent. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> but it's let's talk hip hop, let's talk R&B, and let's talk as well, etc. So we're going to talk gospel. Sometimes we're going to talk dancehall, sometimes other artists. So if you're looking for just specific hip hop, I encourage you to scroll down the archives. But today, we're going to get to know Jackson. So you can introduce yourself to our listeners that are knowing you for the first time. Okay. Well, well my name is Jackson. Uh, I hail from ATL originally by way of Kansas City. Um, let me clarify something for my man D here. Um, <laughs> I am no longer under the moniker of gospel artist or Christian contemporary artist. Um, I typically end up following the lane of pop or inspirational. Mm -hmm. um, you do get a lot of R&B tones, and that's just... At the end of the day, that's part of my culture. So how could I not have the social R&B um, uh, translation when it comes to vocals and writing? But um, I, at, the, at the end of the day, the reality is, you know, for all of us, all of us musicians and artists, we typically don't like to be categorized. I know that uh, people want to put us uh, in some type of lane or some type of uh, genre. But for those of us that are real musicians like myself that really genuinely love music, um, we really do, we like to just be artists, uh, hold the genres, hold the titles. Um, like I said, some days I might feel like waking up and I might feel inspired and, you know, like today, like, you know, I'm just happy that God woke me up. Other days I may feel like I want to write about squirrels and cardboard boxes. And, 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 and without the titles, I can do that. When people put me under certain stipulations or they put me in certain categories, then I feel limited, and therefore I'm not comfortable, and I'm not okay with that. Mm -hmm. So what do but. you say? What do you say? And, okay, and I know he told me this before doing a radio interview with him, but I had to bring him on the podcast because let me tell you, the conversation today, listeners, is going to be intense. Okay, so this is not going to be. You might be able to get a word out of this. You know what I'm saying, Jackson? Uh, oh man, here you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a setup right there in oh. itself. <laughs> I'm not setting you up, Jackson. I'm not. But what do you say to people that say, "Oh, so how come you? I can't box you in. What if I want to want you to just be a gospel artist? How do you respond to that?" Well, right there, I would tell them you already gave me the answer. You said, "What if I want you to be something?" Cool. I'm glad that you want me to be something. But at the end of the day, I will never be you, and you will never be me. So. If you're going to be a part of my life and ride my train, welcome to my world. <laughs> Just like when I jump in your party or when I become your friend, I have to accept you as you are. And there may things that I, there may be things that I feel like you should do or I feel like I would enjoy hearing from you. But the only thing I can do is suggest and request 
that from you. I can't make you anything you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's true, listeners. But how do you deal with backlash? You know, because you grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. How do you deal with the backlash of people that say, well, yeah, I either decide. I'm going to pretend I'm a Caribbean. But yeah, they're sing for the church or you sing for the world. Which one is it going to be? You can't serve two masters. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I go ahead and I lift and have it. Okay, well, if you... Because to me, once again... This is this is a subjective conversation here. Mm-hmm. This is someone else trying to uh, implement their lives, their life, their desires, their beliefs on me. Mm-hmm. This is someone trying to make me do what they want me to do, opposed to me doing what's best for me. Mm-hmm. How do I know that what you want for me is best for me? Mm-hmm. In most cases, people can't prove that. Mm-hmm. That's a personal desire. So you're encouraging me to do something. But you, you don't, nine times out of ten, if I was to put the pressure on that person and say, okay, well, why should I do this? Okay. Prove to me how I know that this is going to be the best for me. And in most cases, they cannot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a personal one. It's, an, it's a belief system that they're not even sure as to why they believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess with so, pressure, okay, I, Jackson, I guess with pressure, you know, with people saying, okay, hey, I want to be a singer. What? They already think money or they think you're going to be influenced by the world or they think the devil's going to. Why is it that people don't pursue their dreams to wanting to sing and they're afraid to tell their congregation? And I know I gave that example of a subjective conversation to say, well, make up your mind, Jackson. Either you want to sing for the world or you sing for the church. that you give me makes me feel like you've heard this a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like you go into a character like you're reliving that moment. <laughs> like wow. <laughs> um, you know, I, how do I say this in, in the nicest way? One of the biggest downfalls that I think I discovered growing up being a part of church and ministry is that people, everybody's to the point where everybody wants to be in control. Everybody wants to be in control of somebody else. Everybody wants to tell somebody else what they should and shouldn't do. Everybody wants to tell someone how they should be living, and they take the Bible and they use it as a form of control. And the hardest thing for me is, you know, instead of spending the time fighting it and rebuttaling it, because this thing has become, you know, when it comes to to religion, religion has become very, like, cultish. Yeah. It's like cancel culture. I think that's where cancel culture first cancel culture first started. People use that term now in 2020, but it's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And for me, the the biggest thing to notice is, you know, if I if I read the Old Testament, the beauty about the Old Testament scripture was that there was no like Moses was the first one to introduce a law, and when he created that, when he well, when God gave the commandments and the law. It was more so like a set of guidelines just to follow. Like, it wasn't the end all. Because even with that law being set in play, that law still couldn't perfect the sins of mankind. Men still had to atone. They had to do a great atonement every year. So even though God gave a law, he was like, this law still can't perfect the foolishness that y'all signed up for. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, and learning that, you know, the way God chose to deal with these men in Scripture— some of them could be walking the complete opposite path, but yet he was still blessing them. 
somewhere along the lines of the New Testament, people decided, well, you know what, this is what Jesus said, and this has got to be how you got to live. And now that there's like, there's no script that can be found on the, the right and the wrong, I think the church is scared to be honest and tell people that, hey, sometimes we don't know how God is going, but we don't know what God will do. And that gray area scares people because most people are scared to even deal with themselves. So why is it that the church says, why does the church say, hey, you don't need to go sing to the devil because you're going to lose your way? It's not a matter of losing your way. The reality is you're scared to teach people that they have to learn self-control. There's a lot of people that feel like, hey, I just stay away from this because I, I, I don't do well with it. It takes over me. Hey, I don't drink tequila because I'll become another person. No, you just expose that you haven't mastered self-control. Mm-hmm. So you think that staying you think that staying away from it is going to fix it, and it doesn't. It just creates a bigger demon. The reality is, the best way through a situation is the way that you don't want to take, and it's dealing with the actual reality of that situation. Wow! Mm-hmm. So when people hit me with, when they try to hit me with the ultimatum, are you going to live for God, or are you going to sing things of such and such? How are you going to tell me that I can't live for God because I choose to write about love? How you gonna tell me that I'm not and I'm not living for God because I choose to write about the realities of life? Mm-hmm. How are you? You know, if, and if, at this point, if I was supposed to be a spiritual being, without a nat- if I was supposed to be just solely a spiritual person, tell me why God placed me in a natural realm mm-hmm. called balance. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't let anybody hit me with the whole this or this uh, when it comes to genres and preference. No, I play the game with y'all in your church. And guess what? I discovered at the end of the day, it, with your church game, you preach all day, but it was still about money. And on top of that, you require too much about me, and the, and the, and the numbers ain't adding up. Because guess what? I'm good. I go somewhere where somebody else can actually be honest with themselves and tell me that it's about this, that, and the third up front, and then I can strike business. Mm-hmm. Why is it that sometimes in the secular world, I feel like I have a more healthy related relationship with people that we deem as secular, because they don't deem themselves as secular. It's only the church deeming the world as secular. The world doesn't do that. The world is actually, a lot of places in the world, is actually, they're trying to move tried and true. They're trying to have healthy relationships just the same. Mm-hmm. But however, they're showing me their hand up front in my face. And I rather deal with honesty. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're more godlike than what I was getting when I was trying to have my dealings with people in the ministry. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you have support? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I interrupted you. Did you want to add more to that? No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Uh, what do you call? Do you have the support of your church because you have singles and you are working on a project? Do you have the support of your church to say, "Hey, brother Jackson, that was really—that's a really good song. I can relate." Or do you have them bad-minded people in your congregation kind of saying, "I do not." Oh, okay. I have a lot of—I have a lot of good support from the people in my ministry. Okay. Um, there's no, there's no shade. I can reach out to them and say, Hey, how are you doing? I receive voicemails like, Hey, just trying to check up on you and kids. Saw you drop new music, loving this. So you, I get texts Hey, I just threw this in my playlist. Really good song. That's the difference though. That's that balance. Mm-hmm. 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 How are we really, how are we really depicting what's right and what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And, and by whose, by whose standards have we made it wrong? Mm-hmm. Those are the questions you really have to start asking yourself. Who made this rule and said that this was wrong? Because mm-hmm. in most cases, you'll discover that we just followed it because our mom and our daddy told us to do it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is in 2020, this is the age of information, D. Mm-hmm. Our parents weren't wrong because they told us the wrong thing. They were only going by what they were wrong. Mm-hmm. 
But now we're in a day and age where we can do the research for ourselves and double back and say, okay, well, hold on, I've been following this. Let me just go find out how we got here. Why do we follow this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With all that getting, getting understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Preach, preach. So it, it, it's, that's, that's all that boils down to. And so it's like, no, when I decide to walk away, my walk away is not because I hate it. I like it. My walk away is simply saying, okay, well, I know what I need and I know what I want to access. And I can't access that here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so don't make don't make me wrong because you haven't made a conducive environment for me to access what it is that I need. Yeah, yeah. What about people that judge the gospel artists out there, like Lecrae, Tone? What are your thoughts about? Oh, are you sure they're Christian? Why are you listening to their music? You know what I'm saying? How do you deal with people? Because okay, and like you said. We can't box people in. That's the problem again. Everybody wants to box people in. But people in the world don't really. Well, actually, yeah. They do box secular artists. They do. And at the end of the day, they're all artists at the same time. But my question to you is, why do we place such a higher judgment on people like Lecrae, Tonay, Dietrich Haddon, those people? Well, I mean, well, your first question to answer that, you said, how do I deal with the people that judge these artists? How do I deal with them? I don't deal with them. That's simple. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's, I, to me, I would just be walking myself into oblivion of stress. Because at this point, first off, if you're holy as you say you are, how do you have the time to judge somebody else anyway? You don't. Mm-hmm. If you really are following these 66 books that you want to try to hit me with. Mm-hmm. That's, now, how did I get there? Growing up, the church always told you, don't talk to people that are Muslims. You don't talk to people that practice Oriental religions. You don't talk to people that practice Hindu religions. You don't talk to all these people because they'll, they'll twist your mind away, you'll get lost, and you'll start walking away, and you'll start questioning the faith. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I looked up one day and realized that the Christian religion was the most ignorant and stupid religion out there. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I know that's a harsh word. But I say that we are the most ignorant believers. You serve a God, but you don't even understand the relationship between him and his son, Jesus Christ. You can't tell me why Jesus went to the cross. You can't tell me why God had a, has his own dispensation and why Jesus has his dispensation. You can't tell me where the 66 books came from. You can't tell me nothing. I'm the main one to say I don't believe when I believe that Jesus Christ died on my sins. Died on the cross for my sins. Well, tell me what were your sins. Tell me how we got here. Because when you understand that, then when your friends and everybody comes to talk to you about why they believe in faith and want to have a, just a conversation, then either maybe you can encourage them to your belief system, or maybe you'll look up and see that some of these people are all saying the same thing, just with different names. It's the education and the growth that comes behind it. Mm-hmm. And that started with me as a kid, because one of my great friends that I played basketball with every day was a Muslim. And you got to think now, at 14, at 13 and 14, we really don't, we're not going to really let religion divide us because we're friends, we're kids. We're like, no, we can't. That's not going to separate us. But, I mean, my mom, this is what we believe in. So I was like, they said that, that what you do is the best of death. I can't trust that. <laughs> but that was never really, that's never really the case. You've basically given me, you've told me how I should live, how I should believe, and you don't, I don't have a reason why. So now I'm around here ignorantly and blindly disrespecting or putting others down without having a, having a thought process as to why I do it. That's how I feel about people that judge artists when they make a move. 
when they judge a LeCrae, when they judge a Tone, if you don't have the backstory, if you don't know how that person got here and why they're doing it, everything you're saying is obsolete. Mm-hmm. Once again, didn't Paul, did Peter judge Paul? And for some reason, God was giving Paul amazing results while he was out here on these, or in these countries. Mm-hmm. And the beauty about it was, Paul never turned away naysayers or people that didn't believe his same religion. But what he did do was have a conversation. He did listen and see what they believed and ask why they believed it. And then gave them a reason why they should stop believing it. So if you ain't having conversations, if you ain't asking questions, you don't qualify to judge nobody. Because you don't even understand what you're judging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody wants to feel like they have the answers and they have all the moral authority and everybody wants to make themselves look like they're more Christian than you, eh? Once again, we have a whole bunch of chiefs and no Indians. Everybody wants to tell somebody else what to do. <laughs> he's true. He's true on that. Now, you're single, right? I am. Yeah. I love it. Okay, I was listening to it like six times before you had called me for this interview. I love it. Do you want to explain what I am is about? And okay, I told you this. in the interview but i just feel like this song is not fairly like i feel if chris brown kelly Rowland, or somebody else did this song i feel it would be on the charts heavy you know and and it's funny from the last time i spoke with you i've gotten that even more i've gotten people like yo this people have been like yo this is like one of my favorite records by you Mm -hmm. um and the cool thing about this record is man would you believe it that I wrote this record back in 2015? Wow. 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 And, and I wanted to release it on a gospel circuit, but they didn't want it. Why? It was too edgy. It pushed the envelope. Oh, my. Oh, are you saying? Okay. So let me ask you this. Are you really saying that they can deny it, the gospel charts? They're saying that it's too edgy, but it's really okay. But shouldn't that, that's why people listen to secular music. No offense, anybody that's Christians, because if you're telling me my music is too edgy and it's positive and it's clean, what more do you want? Well, you got to realize when you look at it, once again, it goes back to that truth that a lot of people don't want to talk about, and I'm, I'm not going to start a war, but it's always about numbers. Mm-hmm. How, how, you know, what, what audience do I feel like in the church is going to go for this? Mm-hmm. And if you have a if you have a list of gay gay people or people gay people or people that sit at the round table and say, hey, I don't feel like there's a market for this, then yes, it's going to get vetoed. You can still release it, but we're not going to push it. Wow. We're not going to put it on those platforms for people to love it because I don't feel like there's a lane for it. Wow. So then that's why you have this crazy rise of independent artists who all say no. They they encourage all newbies and say, stay independent, do it yourself, build your own fan base. Because if you spend your time waiting on someone else to validate you, when really what's happening is those people are doing exactly what you keep asking me about. They're judging you. They're judging if they think your product will stand based on what they believe. And at the end of the day, I think Tony said it in one of his records. I don't have the time to keep making myself fit inside of your mind's glove. That was one of the main reasons. Now, I love that man to the point of that. He is a good guy. Mm-hmm. And he's a walking ball of creativity. Mm-hmm. But how did he end up where he was at? It's because he was an artist. He didn't want to be in a box. It had nothing to do with that man's sexuality. 
Mm-hmm. He just didn't want to be in a box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wakes up in the days like, this is what I want to create. And also, and we all do it. We start off in the church wanting to give this great gift that God has given us back to our communities, back to our people, back to our youth, back to our brothers, back to our sisters, to the mothers, the fathers, anybody that want a dope, banging, 808 type of record. We want to give it to you first. Right. But when you keep rejecting it, it's only so long before I got to look up and say, hey, when someone shows me who they are, I believe them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Believe when you when you show me when you show me that you don't want me or what I'm trying to say, and I'm going to go to another audience that accepts it. Ain't that what the Bible says? Since we want to make sure, because people want to keep taking this back to church. Ain't it what it says? But God said, "Hey, guess what? I know what nation I chose. But guess what? <laughs> if you don't take it, then I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I chose the Jews, but if y'all ain't going to do right, there's some Gentiles over here that want this good good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to them." <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I'm just, okay. And you might think I'm a little bit stupid, but I'm just so shocked that the gospel industry would not take your song, I Am. And what do you say to listeners to say, well, what is it about? Like, what is it about? Well, I Am is, like I said, when I wrote I Am, I Am was actually based on the founding principle in scripture. When Moses actually asked, God, he said, um, okay, well, when you send me before Pharaoh, who should I tell him that I am? Who should, oh, who should I tell him sent me? He said, tell them that I am sent you. He said, I am that I am. And it became the I am factor to the point where he said, okay, well, I am who God sent. And if you pay attention to everything they say, well, who is your God? Well, well, I am his prophet. I am his healer. I am his messenger. At this point, you start realizing, hold on, I'm wearing a whole bunch of hats here. And they all come because of the fact that I'm connected into this main, this main man who is I am that I am. But wait a minute. So everything that I am is actually who I was destined to be. Everything that I am, you might not even see it, but I know it because that's who I am. So when I wrote this record, this record was not totally just to, it wasn't really about preaching. It was about people learning to stop comparing themselves to other people, stop trying to be like everybody else, and learning to love and maximize who you are. Because at the end of the day, you are who you are. You will never be anybody else. No one else can ever be you. No one else can be a better you other than who? You. Mm, mm. So it's the principle of you learning to love and appreciate exactly who God made you to be. And that's in any facet. I think when you, you get to saying, you know, who God made you to be, people start thinking, oh, he's he preaching. No, nah, who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like every day when you wake up. You know, some people are like, oh, you, you got an attitude. No, I have an attitude. I'm just not for the bullcrap. You're a straightforward person. Some people are super nice and overly bubbly. That, that, that type of energy is rubbed off on others. Like, we all have a place. And, 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 and we all have a place and a space amongst one another. Mm. We mesh. Everyone brings something different to the table. It's a beautifully built puzzle mm. every day. Mm. But mm. society has taught us not to look at it that way. Society has learned to label things, and because people tend to forget how to use their own brain, they just go for what society gives them, not realizing it that oftentimes it's, it's not even right. It's very much so incorrect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you see... So like, like when, sorry, sorry, you can go ahead. No, no, so do I think what? Oh, sorry, I was about to say. Do you think, do you understand my point, though, that, okay... If Chris Brown, let's say if the Chris Brown, Justin Bieber, or Kelly Rowland had that song, do you think it would be bigger? How could it not be? But that's popularity. Mm. 
I mean, it's, just, it's that simple. It's, it's not clarity. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything Michael Jackson, everything that Michael Jackson sings right now, if you say Michael Jackson in his name, mm-hmm. people don't even take a second guess to think and say, oh, that could be a, a subpar. Okay, no, that's Michael Jackson. Everything he puts out is great. Right. Now, there are, several, there are several albums out under Michael Jackson that people listen to, and they only go to specific hits. They don't listen to the other songs. Because mm-hmm. those songs don't interest them. Mm-hmm. But they don't tell you that. No. They just they just skip over it, and they keep on moving. I mean, I love Mike. That's, oh, man, that's my favorite. Oh, that was my favorite record. But they don't talk about Liberian Girl. You know, they don't talk about they don't talk about a lot of these other records. Give in to me that he's great that he's creating these albums. Mm-hmm. Those those records those records weren't number one hits. Those records weren't shuffled all over the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about it. Why? Because the popularity and the likability says I don't want I, I don't want to put him down because I like him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to confess that maybe that record wasn't one of my all time favorites, mm-hmm. but I like him. I, I can remember the times when, when Drake first came out and everybody was real iffy. And then by like 2015, well, by 2012, 13, anything that he got on was automatically a hit because people liked Drake. Mm-hmm. His popularity, man. Yeah. Same thing with Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Likeability and popularity. So, yes, I mean, quite naturally, I, don't, I can't say that I feel like the record itself. I, I would say if, they, if there was likeability to the record, that's because they liked him. Right, right, right. So what made you sit on it so long? Like from 2015, do you sit on your music long? Because if you wrote that in 2015, why didn't you release it in 2015? I know you explained the backstory, but just in case listeners are not understanding, they think, well, why would you sit on such a rich song? And listeners, it's rich. Why would you sit on such a good masterpiece for so long? For me, in all honesty, people... I, I, that's why I'm so heavy on preaching self-belief, encouragement, um, that process of, of, of lifting up, you know, your brother, your sister, your friend, your homie, your girlfriend, whatever it may be, learning to value yourself. Because I spent the seasons where I allowed people to tell me who I was or how great I was or the magnitude of what I could and could not release. Mm-hmm. I allowed people to judge that. And... Instead of holding those opinions to a grain of salt, I allowed them to affect me. Even in that very industry that I wanted to support so much and be a part of, I let their judgment sway what I believe to be good. Mm. So I held it for a while. And then one day I woke up and I was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and share it with the world. Hmm. And it was amazing because my thought process was completely opposite to my supporters, to those that listened and checked it out. Even with the latest record that I just released, I literally just released a record two weeks ago called Breakup. And it was a man's perspective on a breakup. And the reviews that I was getting on that record, something that I wasn't confident on, I had set on. But the reviews, people were like, dude, like, this is amazing. Like, oh my God, I, I love everything about it. And it's like... You start learning that whatever the universe has put in you, literally we are sharing this as a community. It's not about you. There's something that you carry that's not for you. It's for someone that you're going to come in contact with. Hmm. There are people in their lives that don't know it. They're waiting on you 
to come into their lives and bring that something that they don't know they need and you don't know that you have it. That's the beauty of human interaction. Yeah, yeah, such a beautiful, yeah. beautiful Lydigal message, and you're deep, by the way. <laughs> he's preaching to us, <laughs> listeners. Well, he's not preaching, but he's giving us a good <laughs> word. Like, I feel like I'm in church already with this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask, maybe there's a question that somebody asked. Would you be open to working with Chris Brown or Drake if I am had a remix? Oh my God, yes. Like that's not even a question. Okay, well, okay. That, that's you not know even a what question. you and I were talking about earlier, right? You know those, and I know you have a good supportive Christian community supporting you. They're supporting your music. But you already know eyebrows raising when they hear Chris Brown, Drake... They hear those names, they think, oh gosh, the devil. All right, they can go ahead and keep on thinking it. <laughs> to, to me, once again, to me, that's all perception. I, I can't, at the end of the day, I cannot be moved by someone else's thought process. Mm -hmm. That is their brain. That is their conclusion. Mm -hmm. Your conclusion and your thoughts don't affect me unless I choose to allow them to do so. And the reality is, even then, technically, I'm going to blame that on self-affliction. Mm -hmm. Because just because you said it doesn't mean it has any power. Mm -hmm. I have to give it the power. When it connects with me, I have to fuel that thought. Mm -hmm. If I don't fuel it, guess what? They were just empty words that went into the air. Mm -hmm. And I let them fly right on past me. <laughs> I, I, as I, I walk in the studio with Drake and Chris Brown. Oh. <laughs> what if your pastor what if your pastor calls you and says uh jackson i see you've been with chris brown and drake i think we need to pray for you well he wouldn't say that <laughs> he wouldn't say that and i'm laughing but he what, would, how would he you would, no he wouldn't he, he wouldn't he, he wouldn't say that <laughs> now, i know when when he calls me he's gonna say how was it? Is there any way that you can see that you is there any way that you can see God's grace in this? <laughs> That's how he thinks. Mm -hmm. Like I said, one thing I really appreciate about Pastor Drew, mm -hmm. he has introduced me to a completely different thought process when it comes to integrating spirituality and faith in a natural realm. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are certain things that we need to do that you always have to go to the spirit realm for. But when it comes to integrating these things in your natural life, it's like, yeah, y'all want me to preach and do this all day, but like I said, Jesus ain't came down to pay my Georgia Power light bill yet. Mm -hmm. So at this point, <laughs> I still have to work with my hand. Mm -hmm. And if that's my skill set, to me, singing secular music ain't, ain't no different than working for a corrupt company. <laughs> ain't no different. So it's like, so to me, so, I'm so confused when people do this. Because we'll go to jobs every day where we have CEOs that are, that are in the slave trade, or where they have CEOs that have been caught doing this, that, and the third, and those businesses are still moving, and guess what? You're still collecting a check from them hmm. every week, but nobody condemns you about it. Mm -hmm. So to me, once again, this, these are, these are, this is stopping grass and tinkling stumble. This is unnecessary noise to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that up. So the pastor would be supportive. Some pastors would say, well, let's get the olive oil and let's pray. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm say I'm gonna say you why. Let me tell you why a, a pastor ain't gonna call you and say not in 2020. Yeah. When that pastor call you and say, "Hey, you been with such and such," that next question ain't gonna be let's pull out the oil. Because <laughs> sadly, I don't see enough, I don't see enough pastors that care about their congregation or their sheep like that. Huh. The next question is gonna be how much you getting paid, and let's talk about these tithes and offerings. <laughs> Listeners, if we I'm keep bad. it, if we keep it in a book, I'm just saying we're gonna keep it 100. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> I'm bad. I know. That's I like the to stir the pot. Yeah, I'm stirring the pot now. But, <laughs> but what would you say? No, it's serious. What would you say? And again, I'm gonna ask to people that want to pursue this, but they have a bunch of noises in their head and they're worried about really receiving a lot of backlash from parents, their community, their church community. They want to pursue music. They want to get started like you, but they they can't take the backlash. You can't take the backlash? You ask yourself, say, okay, do you want to live a miserable life or what? Mm-hmm. That's all you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. Once again, you're altering your life based on someone else's speculation. I can't say it enough. Mm-hmm. You are altering your life, your gift. You're drowning out your skill set, your passion, your desires, based on someone else's speculation. Only way I'm giving somebody the space to tell me what I can and can't do is when they're going to take care of me and do everything that pertains to me. You're going to pay my bills. You're going to feed me. You're going to dress me. You're going to clothe me. You're going to do everything that I need for the rest of my life. But guess what? Then we can have a conversation. You can talk about what I should and should not be doing with my life. <laughs> but even in that sense, as a human, as a God... Coming from God, you are God. You were never meant to be put into a box or be controlled by someone else's speculation. Mm-hmm. So that battle, you, that battle is going to die out every time. So to anybody, I'm going to tell them, you have to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. You can bury a desire all day, but guess what? It's going to keep coming back up. Mm-hmm. And every time it comes back up, it's going to come back up. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be more intense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. Why I'm laughing is he's answering all the questions in such a way that he's just making me run out of questions. But it's such a, <laughs> it's so good to talk to him. So your other single, right? Do you want to talk about your other single? And then when am I expected to have my project or my EP? And what's it going to be called? And listeners again who are Christian, not Christian. He told you before, he's not just going to do all, yes, Jesus loves me. Yeah, yes. no, no, those, those days are, no, those days are <laughs> And yet, it's I Am, he was rejected, that beautiful song was rejected by, you know, the gospel, they didn't want it. So then, yeah, push it to pop charts then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look, man, I had to do what I had to do, okay? Yeah. I, like I said, once I got over the frustration of what I was dealing with, I said, you know what, let me, let me just live my best life for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and let me do it with morality. Because I think a lot of people tend to hear when I say do what's best for you, they're like, oh, you just going to kick it to your own vibe. You care about what you want. It's like, no, 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 no. My life is still founded with a lot of morals, mm-hmm. with a lot of values. When it comes to faith, people, they go into the whole trickery and the control that religion carries. And for me, that's not what I've done. I've looked at all those great aspects that, that, that Jesus has brought to the New Testament. And a lot of those a- aspects are the ones that I found my decisions on. Mm-hmm. When I meet people, when I talk to people, how I treat people, 
mm-hmm. as a humanitarian and having that unconditional love that God starts this whole planet based on, like his whole foundation is based on love. Mm-hmm. So love is still, love is the strongest force. So a lot of these conversations I have with people and these decisions I make are not based on me just wanting to kick it to my own vibe and do what I want to do. It's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. But there is there is a a a a paradigm shift that takes place when you hit a certain age and or, or you hit a certain set of experiences to where you're like, look, I feel like I'm just going to circles. Something's not right. The definition of insanity is for me to keep doing this same thing that I've been doing for years and hoping for a different result. So if this isn't working, I have to try something else different. It only makes sense at this point. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so. Yes. I'm sorry. You got me off on a tangent. I'm back now. (laughs) But when do I get my EP? When do I get my album? What is it going to be called? Do you need help? What about hateration? What about hateration for your album? Well, see, that would never be the title of one of my albums because I'm not fueled by hateration. <laughs> like I told you, when you ask me how do I deal with haters and the judges, I don't. So I like, get that that literally that goes right over my head. It doesn't go in one ear and out the other. It doesn't go through me. I literally have nothing to do with that. I'm not interested. Jackson, I'm uh, trying to come up with a with a name for the album. Come on, help me out, brother. What about what about never turning back? What about that out? Never turning back. If I had to, if I had to have a comical album cover, it'd probably be Heathen Chronicles. Heathen Chronicles. I'd call it. You gotta explain that. You gotta explain why you would call it. I would call it. Well, because when people want to judge you, that's what they go for. You're a backslider. You you going to the devil. But let me go ahead and just give you all of. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a mouthful at this point. Now. I'll give you something that you can run with. <laughs> And I'll be all of that so I can just see your jaw be dropped in awe. Like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> well, I like that. We Even be- Chronicles. I like that. You'd call, okay. Uh, I, you're not saying you're going to call <laughs> that, but if you had a name, how many tracks would it have? Uh, seven. Seven? Why not 14? <laughs> Why not push it to be an album? You got lots to say. I mean, you've had lots to say on this podcast. You know, why, why, would not, why would I do 14? You know, the thing about it is, when you have a lot to say, you don't want to stuff anyone. Oh. You want to give them enough to where they can actually enjoy that meal, that plate. They can savor everything. Oh. So I'd give about seven tracks, and they'd be seven in-depth tracks oh. with an intuitive thought process. That way you could take the time and chew on that and dissect that project. <laughs> I don't think albums are a bad thing, but initially when albums started years ago, I remember as a kid growing up, the you know a lot of artists will release music and they have good music for the singles and then you get the albums and the albums be trash. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that never delivered a full successful album, so it's like no for me I want to be intuitive with it. I don't want to try to do the overkill and get fifteen twenty tracks. I don't need all that. <laughs> Give me a solid seven to nine tops. Mm-hmm. Nine will be tops. And we'll be full, right? Nine. We'll be full, right? Do I need the gas sex? Or do I need the Pepto-Bismol when I digest all that music? No, no, no. It's going to be so beautiful. It's a natural di- digestion. Oh. We don't need any, any, uh, 
<laughs> any su- any any supplements? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All supplements. <laughs> Listeners, I'm playing with him. I'm not laughing at him, and he knows I'm playing with him. You, you know, Heathen Chronicles. I like that title. I would have went. Well, okay, Hateration. He doesn't like. I would have went with. Now you see me. Now you don't. I would have just went for Churchy. I would have went straight hashtag backslider. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> now then, people would be, you know, Jackson. How do you handle those um, Instagram people to say that, man, your music sucks. Get out of here or go back to church. You back. How do you respond to those hateful people on Instagram? They probably have said all those things, or maybe nobody's. You've been blessed. Okay, Jackson, I'll tell you something. On this show, I've been so blessed not to get haters. Well, I set the haters straight. If you send me hate mail, I'm not even going to read it. So it'll just, you won't even hate, you won't even see a response. So how do you respond to people that are, you know, I wouldn't say slander, but they've said some nasty things on your Instagram. Uh, I I have been blessed and I have not really run into a lot of that myself. Mm-hmm. I have not gotten the the haterade from mm-hmm. any of it. Majority of the times when I've got any negative comments, it's always been solely on something that's out of my control. Okay. 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 So like then I can't I can't really feel it. But I don't get I've never got the oh you know your voice sucks <laughs> or or you don't sound good you should stop like I, I don't I've never ran into that. Oh thank God. So, thank you Jesus you're blessed. Yeah very true. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm I'm very also I'm very strict on myself when it comes to performance and what I put out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very much a reality. People in way. Everybody doesn't have to like the tone and timbre of my voice. Mm-hmm. There's some people I listen to and I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm not sure I like that voice. Mm-hmm. But then I, I once again, everyone doesn't think like me, and I'm very big on asking myself why. Mm-hmm. I don't like to just pronounce it, pronounce a judgment, and then not have a foundational thought process as to how I got to that judgment. Yeah. 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 Who were inspirations growing up? Did you listen to Kirk Franklin? Did you, I know you said you're friends with Tony and you're a mentor. Oh my God. So yeah. Man, look, so like my mom, my mom and grandma raised me on the pew. Mm-hmm. So I actually didn't get to listen to R&B until I was about in eighth grade to about 14. Wow. 14 was when I really started. Yeah. So like all the way through like the nineties, the nineties R&B knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I am now, to this day, like still going back and learning records from the 90s mm-hmm. because I, that era was just completely missed for me. Um, so growing up, she had me. All she would listen to was Kurt Franklin, Yolanda Adams, Fred Hammond, and, you know, sometimes big, bigger gospel choirs or whatever we were singing or playing at church. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I picked up, when I really started singing, at, um, I was singing when I was in middle school and like high school, but I was just, you know, to get the girls. The girls liked, you know, I was a light skinned dude with some vocals, so, you know, it was great. I was, you know, I was getting all the girls. <laughs> but I really hadn't taken the title as singer. I was a drummer. I had a pair of sticks in my hand from the time I was uh, 11 years old until, you know, I still can talk now. But um, I took the title on as singer when I turned 20. Uh, no, 19, 1920 is when I really picked up the mic and I took it serious and started learning the work. And trust me, it was a journey. Those are the times people are like, bro, you suck. Like, let it go. You ain't got it. Right, stop. Stop. You should try something else. But 
this is the power of the I am factor of knowing the difference was the I heard me in a better place. Mm-hmm. No one else heard it, but I heard it. In my head, when I would write songs, I couldn't translate it at the time, but I knew what I would sound like. I had an idea of how it would come out. Mm-hmm. And that right there is what fueled me. Mm-hmm. So um, my inspiration initially, my first inspiration to sing, I have to give to Music Soul Child. Wow. Um, Music Soul Child, I felt like, his voice is so sultry. That's when, like, the neo-soul vibe was taking over. Everybody was jumping on that train. Um, then behind him, it was Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Um, and Justin Timberlake, his falsetto was just, like, it was an inspiration for me because I had the higher register in my vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it other than I speaking phenomenal. And then there came a tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were three like pillars of vocalists that I really had. I built my sound mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. or or I, and of course I don't sound that way anymore now because I sound like Jackson. <laughs> but at that time, they were the pillars that I followed through with. So mm-hmm. uh, those would be my inspiration. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so your other singles, I am Christ, right? Love like Christ. Love like Christ. I don't know why I'm saying I. Sorry, God. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I am Christ. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying I am Christ. Okay. Oh, do you want to say, talk about what's that about? And then I'm going to ask you something. We were talking about inspiration. We we're talking about Kirk Franklin. I wanted to get your opinion on something. But do you want to talk about that okay. single? No, not really. No, I'm just playing. No, no. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. But you know uh, what? I am. I love. There's something about I am. I love. I do like it. But you know what? It's a different style. Yeah. If you're into EDM pop, then it definitely fits the bill for a lot of people. And it, and it's a good. It's a high energetic, like a feel good song. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of friends when I was just kind of testing the waters with it when I was preparing to release it. I sent it to a lot of people, and they were like, yo, like, they're like, I'm dancing in my cubicle. Mm-hmm. Like, this, I, I never knew you had this in you. Like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, I've, I, I have enough feedback to know the power that I am moved with, mm-hmm. the energy that it carries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just now, you know, positioning it, positioning that record in a place where a, a mass amount of ears can hear it and love it as well. Mm-hmm. So love, um, love, now, yeah. You said what now? Love like Christ. Love like Christ, right? It's yeah. different. So what so, is that so, one about? So love like Christ ties back into how I told you that as much as people want to judge me, a lot of the interactions I have with humans to this day is founded. They are founded on solid morals. Um, those moments of Jesus Christ or how God founded human, the humanitarian race, and he's always consistently moved with the underlining tone of unconditional love. So when it says love like Christ, love like Christ for me was a very direct jab at depression. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends, some sent me associates, new people that are newcomers that had come into my life, and I would just be interacting with people, and that word depression kept surfacing. Mm-hmm. And 
I was totally taken aback that so many people were dealing with depression, battling with depression, or even if it may be, they may not be in the suicidal status, but just having those days to where you're just down in the dumps and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. You don't have a reason as to why you're allowing yourself to be down in the dumps. You just let that, that feeling overtake you. Um, and that goes back to that cerebral part, that, that I am factor, you know, asking yourself why these things are happening. To me, I be, I'm a firm believer that questions signify growth. Mm-hmm. If, you do, if you're not asking questions, you're not growing. Mm-hmm. So when it came to that, when I wrote this record, Love Like Christ, um, it starts, the record starts off talking about a young lady who is um, asking or soliciting for money at a red light. And it was a true story. This young lady really was one child pregnant, begging for money. And that was one of the first times I had reached into my pocket and and just wanted to help. I literally just like I took pity on her, and not pity in the term to where oh you know you, you look down on her, you belittle her, belittle her. Like no, my heart literally was like I, I wanted to help. Um, and so from there I began to talk about. You know, those people that are dealing with depression and no one knows it and no one takes the time because they're so focused on their own lives or what they're dealing with. They're not seeing the signs um, of people uh, around them hurting. And sometimes it's just a simple, hey, I love you or hey, what up, homie? How are you today? Let's go out and grab a bite to eat or hey, a courtesy text. Thought about you. Just want to shoot you a text and say, how you doing? I say, what up? Those things go a long way, but we were, we're so selfish that we don't save the day. We miss all of those opportunities. So the record Love Like Christ is literally um, making a person hold themselves accountable to those that are in their circle or those that are around them and those that they're coming in co- contact with on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? It, I think the chorus is, uh, it doesn't seem like much, but our very lives are the healing port are the healing portals to one's pain and strife. Let's change their stories. Let's make them smile. Let's show them Jesus. How? Let's love like Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's the reality is that every day when you speak to somebody, you can be a healing portal depending on what they're walking through, where they're going. You can be a healing portal and you don't have to be in a church building to be that. Mm-hmm. You 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 can do that anywhere. That's just a conversation. I had a lady on Facebook share this really quick. Uh, a friend of mine that I met about two or three years ago was on Facebook and said that she was at a uh, bowling alley, kind of like a Dave and Buster setup type of thing. And she said a lady came up to her, an older lady came up to her and just started talking. And she said, I, I, she said, I, I thought it was kind of weird because I was like, okay, I was kind of giving short answers, but I just, she kept talking. Like, I found out, she thought I just gave in. I just started having a conversation with her. She's like, I don't know what she wanted. I was like, okay, lady, what you want? Come to find out, her and this lady talk about 30 minutes. And when the lady gets ready to leave and says, thank you so much, you lifted my spirit. She had just lost her sister. The year before, she had lost her mother. And something had happened with her finances. And that lady said that she was going home that night to kill herself. That this woman stood there and talked with her and made her laugh and lifted her spirit, she said, I think I found a reason to live. Wow. And that was powerful because that didn't have to be preached over the stage with antics. It didn't require sweating and tears. It didn't require an offering. 
it was simply she became a healing portal to someone's pain and strife. She changed her story and made her smile by showing them Jesus. She loved like Christ. It was that simple. Hmm. Conversation. Wow. We, we make this stuff so hard, and it doesn't have to be. Hmm. Hmm. I, so, I mean, to me, that's, that's, that's real ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? A lot of people think that it has to be in the four walls, like you said, to be in ministry. Or it thinks, you know, feeding the homeless or, you know what I'm saying? But an example like you gave is so powerful with that lady. Like, And then some people just don't want to be accountable because they've got other stuff going on in their life. People are selfish, only thinking about them. And look, and that's the thing. You want somebody to do that for you, though. Yeah, but we're not. We that's don't the, think that's of, the, We don't think about. We never. Okay, we don't think it'll happen to us. But depression doesn't discriminate. It don't care if you're black. It don't care if you're brown. It don't care if you're white. It don't care what do you call it. It don't care what race you are. It doesn't favor you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a man. It doesn't matter if you're a woman. It doesn't even matter if you're a teenager. You can be depressed. Very true. So it's just And that's where being selfless comes into play. Mm-hmm. If you have it. If mm-hmm. you want if everybody wants to be a leader, the best way to be a leader is to be that be down in the trenches with the followers. Mm-hmm. But people want to be the follower, but they don't want to take that type of responsibility because it requires too much giving of self. What are your thoughts to that? It's equal. You don't want to be a follower, but you want to be a leader. A leader's time is fully committed to the followers. What's the difference? Everybody wants to do what everybody else is doing, right? Okay, so then y'all need to be prepared to give up your time, your money, your blood, sweat, and tears, your sleep, for the sanity of those that are following you. You can be a leader, go for it. I know all about that. I'll give it to you willingly. You can have it. (laughs) I I, you know and I hear you and I understand and I'm glad that song and yours your music is making a difference I just don't understand why people aren't giving it the chance well they're giving it a chance and you know what like you said somebody's gonna like it and if my own community can't like it well hell well I shouldn't say hell sorry god Hack. No, I mean, I mean, I, hey, I mean, I am, I am, as of yesterday, just hit 31,000 strengths. So people are listening. Yes. Yes. They're, they're listening. They're, they're checking it out, you know, and, and it's just a matter of just that time. And of course, on my end, that push, the interaction, the promoting, you know, doing whatever's necessary to promote the records. And, you know, it, that, it's 50 50. You know, I, I got to make sure that I do my part as Jackson, the artist. Um, but I, I would, I hope, I hope that people are, you know, being more open-minded and, and sharing it with, with their friends. When they hear it and they like it, you know, push it over to this person. Let someone else check this out, you know. And I, I would hope that people can take the message and be encouraged. Yes. Because that's the whole goal. That's the point of the matter. Yes. And I want people to be encouraged. Yes. And listeners, he's not talking about sex, drugs, having a threesome. He's not talking about all that. Well, I interview people that like to talk about those stuff. And music is an art, right, Jackson? And you can agree with me. Man, it's a universal language. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. You You said that. You got to translate it however you can. And, And that's what I mean when I say I know a lot of times people look down on the, the, the music about sex or 
about the drugs. But the reality is, it's like we're only talking about life. Mm-hmm. If that's not a topic you want to hear about it, about then I mean that's that's more than okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's a, it's a reality. People get to talk about you know what may excite them, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where you just you get to determine and depict. Who you want to rock with? You don't have to rock with them, you know. what I'm saying based on that record, but they might still be good, good uh, vocalists. They may be good writers. They might be good lyricists. You know, I, I still I want people to take the opportunity to open up and give them the chance because music is a beautiful art, and you can talk about anything. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yes, it's a beautiful language. But actually, speaking of that, let's get your opinion on this, okay? Um, mm-hmm. what do you think about CHH? What do you call it? And listeners, oh, I know. Listeners are thinking you're going there. Yeah, Christian holy hip hop. What are your thoughts to the CHH movement? And I was listening to Ruslan, Ruslan, you know, the Christian podcaster. Um, but he said, I don't know. There's just certain conversations I don't think we should be having. What if a Christian hip-hop artist used the N-word? How would you respond to that? And should a Christian artist use the N-word? I think the the battle is within the question. Mm -hmm. Who gets to determine what a Christian artist says in their music, in their application? That's their record. You get to pick and choose and, say, and determine whether you want to listen to that record or not. Uh, people have so much to say about what someone does when you have all the power to hit the next button. Skip, I don't like it. What's next? <laughs> That's true. I, I just, I, this is that control factor. Yeah. You okay. don't need to say this in this music. Yeah. Says who? <laughs> you, as a consumer, you have the power to pick and choose what you want to consume. But you don't have the power to pick a choose and tell someone what they get to cook in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the meal, if you don't like the meal, don't eat it. That's cool. But you don't get to tell somebody that they can't cook this. Because when they cooked it, maybe their audience liked it. What they prepared, maybe their listeners enjoyed it. You just discovered that you're just not one of their listeners. And that's okay. No wrong with that. It just ain't that, that meal just isn't for you. Mm-hmm. How do I feel about Christian hip-hop? Lecrae is freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And Lecrae pushes barriers that people don't want to talk about. The beauty about Lecrae, do you want to know the first, I think in 2014-ish, 15-ish, Lecrae came out. The majority of people that I ran into in Atlanta that kept asking me, oh my God, you listen to Lecrae? Lecrae, and it was funny because it was actually, it was they were racially profiling me. They assumed that because I was a black guy that sung Christian contemporary music that okay. I automatically listen to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I really don't listen to much hip-hop. I was never, because I was raised up listening to gospel and then finally R&B, hip-hop never had the time to really interest me. Now, there are a lot of hip-hop applications that I definitely rock with, but mm-hmm. I'm weird with my hip-hop. I'm listening to production. I'm hearing the musical chords that these guys are utilizing in the hip-hop. You know, noticing that the majority of these guys are, be, are actually singing more than rapping, but nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> um, those are the weird things that get my attention. I'm quirky when it comes to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. However, the majority of the demographics that were rocking with Lecrae were Caucasian males. Uh, and they were older Caucasian males, so it blew my mind. These guys were like 50-plus asking mm-hmm. me, do I listen to Lecrae? I'm like, well, what do you know about Lecrae? How do you? What? 
But the fact that Lecrae, as a young black man, is willing to push the envelope and talk about the racial injustice, the, the, the psychological thought process that's, that's enforced on the black community in Christian hip-hop, for me, in my head, I'm going to say, what better place to talk about it? Why not? Because this is where this is where it starts. If the church is supposed to heal the world, well, we got to get healed first before we can go out here to these people and give them anything else. Hmm. I think the Christian hip hop movement was was amazing between Lecrae, Tadashi, and uh, what's the kid that he signed from upstate? Uh, Andy Mineo, Andy Mineo. Oh my God! KB. Both of those albums, mm-hmm. their albums are crazy. Mm-hmm. I like. I, All right, listeners, sorry about that. We got cut off. We were having an intense conversation about the CHH, the Christian Holy Hip Hop Movement. But like you said, it started off corny, right? Like in case listeners were saying, it started off corny. But what do you say to listeners to say, well, I like it. Well, like I said, if they like that, I'm not. I am not here to tell you what you can and can't like. Mm -hmm. That was a subjective thought process. To me, when I first heard, uh, I think initially, who was, who was the first rapper that I liked? Uh, his name was uh, T-Bone. Yes. T-Bone was the first Christian rapper that I heard rapping, and I actually liked his stuff. And I think I discovered him on that movie with um, Cuba Gooden Jr. and uh, Beyonce. The Temptation. Had, yes. Did you like that yeah, movie? I think he surfaced there. Yeah. And I liked his his delivery, his cadence. His timing that I liked. I said, okay, you know what? That that that's all I said. I knew it. But then I still didn't hear it for a little while. But then all of a sudden, Lecrae shows up with Reach Records, and it wasn't Lecrae. It was Andy Minnell who I seen first, and I was like, I actually opened for Andy Minnell wow. in uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and that's when I had, you know, I was I had my choreography. That's when I was doing my uh, when I was I was a gospel artist at that point. I was a contemporary gospel artist. Um, and that's where I was dubbed as the um, usher of gospel music. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people felt like that package was too extreme. Mm-hmm. But the youth at these performances didn't act that way. And it was challenging because even for Reach Records, with a Lecrae and all of them, people still felt like this package was too extreme, which is why he resorted to um, why you saw Lecrae surface doing a lot of preaching videos and Bible study. And even in Bible study, I see these trollers, these trolls get on his page and fight against the message that he's teaching, what they want to agree with and what they don't want to agree with. And it's like, dude, at this point, if it's uplifting and encouraging people, nobody has time for this. There's nothing that anybody can say that's okay, because you all are so busy trying to be right instead of looking at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And these people are coming off the streets. And they're listening to this message, and it's causing them to make a better decision. If it causes them to put the crack and the cocaine down, if it causes them to stop robbing, if it causes them to go get a job and find a better way and say, well, God, I want to trust you, guess what? Let it be just that. Oh, we miss that. Mm-hmm. Because we want to be technical and be right. So I think the Christian hip-hop movement was amazing, but once again, because the church and the religious system deems that his stuff is too extreme in a lot of areas, or that concert looks too much like a rap concert, we don't want that here, that doesn't need to be on the pulpit, it gets ghosted again. Mm. 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 Preach, 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 brother. <laughs> so it's like you have, you have solid movements that are here that people are loving. Mm-hmm. But you got, you, clearly there's somebody else up top that don't want that type of healing for the community. 
And that's what people, I, wish, I wish people would look at. I wish they would stop worrying about who said one word right or who, who preached the right message and look at who's stopping all these blessings and these healings that could be happening for the younger generation. That's true. That's true. I never thought of that. That is really true. So how do you think, I'll ask you this, and we're going to ask this, listen, how do you think Christian artists that believe in Jesus should be treating LGBTQ issues? Because, and I'm going to read it all. You said you're good friends with Tone, and the way he got treated, it was really bad. Like, the way Tone has been treated, but... You know how people do judge, you know, the LGBTQ community very hard. What's the Christian perspective to do when talking about those areas as an artist and taking a stance? That's a really tight rope to walk. Mm-hmm. Because, and when I say tight rope, I mean a real tight rope. Totally because, and, and I have to choose my words wisely, because that community is very sensitive. So a lot of times, depending on the type of emotions or the mood they're in, there's nothing that you can say that's going to be right. Mm-hmm. You're that battle. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is when it comes to that, no sin is greater than the other. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what I said initially, with love and kindness have I drawn me. Mm-hmm. It is that simple. With love... And with kindness. Mm-hmm. Don't give me no tough love. Love and kindness mm-hmm. have I drawn me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like the community mm-hmm. should be loving them. Mm-hmm. Now, the challenge for me, I, I, hold, I hold both parties available. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I hold both parties accountable. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes into Christian faith, and you know that according to the Christian faith and the Bible that they choose it, that lifestyle is abomination. Mm-hmm. Then what I also say to the community is don't try to shove it down their throat. Mm-hmm. It's 50-50. Don't try to shove it down their throat when you know that their whole Bible says that, they can't, that you can't do it. But also to the church folks, when they come in, a lot of times people know what they're doing. Or when a lot of those people that are in church, they have some type of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a resolve. Um, they had some type of conviction about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come to that level playing field to where they, they can be open and talk to you about it or what they're going through, and for you to be able to talk to them about it. Y'all both got to come to a level playing, play, level playing field. The church, you can't be judging them. Because that's the biggest thing. When you judge them, you lose the battle. Because now they don't feel loved. And also, they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to trust you. They don't want to open up with you. They don't want you to tell them nothing about it. Because you're judging them. Mm-hmm. But for them as well... You, it's the same thing. It's like this is this is like a, a pimple that's ready to bust. So it, it's got to be a really intuitive thought process as to how you handle that community and how they should be treated. You need to love them. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. When they feel loved, when they feel loved, when they feel appreciated, then you can have some conversations and you can start talking to them. They'll start talking to you. Y'all get to know each other. And now instead of looking at them as if they're as if they're a pile of hot crap, you start seeing them as humans now. Now we can get somewhere. Now the healing can begin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those firewalls have to come down first. Mm-hmm. And that's on that's on both parties. Right. That's all I would say about that. Yes. Yes. And love is the important thing because a lot of people say, Well, it's a sin, and doesn't the Bible say it's a sin? 
again, listeners, I, you know what? I don't go there with stuff like that. I'm just asking as a Christian artist how we should, because a lot, because a lot of Christians may not be, some people are not even comfortable talking about that area. What do you do to the Christian artists that say, no, why should I show love when I know it's in the Bible? How do you respond to that? That's just, there wasn't no maturity. Mm-hmm. See, my biggest thing is I'm in a point in my life where I don't have the time to try to find politically correct answers. Mm-hmm. We're not in that age anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that level to where people are always trying to find a way to wiggle their way out of an answer to give a politically correct or safe answer. No. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you have an opinion, and you're entitled to that. Yeah. This goes back to that self-encouragement factor. Stop allowing people to tell you how to be you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like you because of the way that you feel and that you can do about that. Once again, they'll never be you and you'll never be them. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be you anyways because you more messed up than me. No, I'm joking. Huh. Man, look, I'm going to do it. Run with it. Just run it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I just, but yeah, and that's my thing. Like, I, I, wouldn't run, I don't run from those type of topics and conversations. Mm-hmm. I know how I feel. That that situation currently doesn't bother me. So in a lot of cases, I it would it almost is safe for me to say, well, I don't, I really don't have an opinion because that's really not my situation. That's true. <laughs> but if but if but if but if I had to be an unbiased bystander, mm-hmm. I would say, hey, and because I've grown up in the church and I've seen that scenario several times, mm-hmm. I would say I would hold both counties apart. Of I would be very unbiased and say, hey, if this is the tree or this is the path that. You both want to walk as a ministry and as a person. Y'all both need to come into this, come to this table with fairness and equality. Mm-hmm. You don't judge the person because of the life that they've chosen or the life that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. And you, knowing that this is a sensitive topic based for this religion specifically, you don't try to shove it down their thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's always the common denominator. It's somebody trying to make someone else believe something that they don't want to believe. See, listeners, we do. And you can't do that. Mm -hmm. We have these type of conversations. And again, I'm being unbiased, too. I'm just saying I don't have an opinion. And, you know, anybody that is LGBTQ out there listening to this. This is no judgment, too. He's not saying anything. Yeah. He didn't say it's wrong. He didn't, you know, say repent. He didn't say that. We have these type None of conversations. Of so <laughs> I'm just letting people know this is Let's Talk Hip Hop. Let's Talk R&B and homophobia. They all come up. It all comes up in hip hop, too. I mean, it is starting to be open. I mean, people are starting to understand. But there is still, like you said... Both parties need to come together and see what they can agree to and what they can agree to. And if, like, and this is before I ask you the final question. And people that are LGBTQ, find something that works for you. Don't force yourself to have somebody accept you that no, they're not going to accept you. That's all. That's my opinion to anybody that's LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, I don't care, trans, pan, I don't care. If you know they're not accepting you in the congregation that you're in, work with something that'll work and find that congregation and community that will support you. And there's lots of churches and resources that will support you. Am I right or am I wrong to say that? 
No, you're very no, you're very right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to move on. What do you call it now? This is what I'm going to save for the very last hot nugget. And, and this is a, <laughs> and this is a question I have to ask you because, okay, we were talking about hip hop earlier, and we were talking about the CH movement, and we were talking about now we're talking about okay, this has happened for, you know, gospel artists taking secular artists' songs. Like I had a friend who went to a church, and then she heard. I get so weak in the spirit, I can hardly move. But, you know, or I want some of this good Jesus. What are your thoughts when Christian artists take secular artists' song? And I mean, I get so weak in the knees. You already know, listeners, that's about sex, okay? I mean, I don't think that's a good song to reset I get so weak in the spirit. But didn't the Bible say he would give you a new song? Like, what's your thoughts? And again, I know what you're you're gonna think. You can't tell anyone how to, you know, you know, have their music. But would you feel comfortable taking a song like "I Want Some of This Brown Sugar" and if you flipped it, "I Want Some of This Good Jesus"? Man, look here. I would, let me tell you something, I would crack up laughing if I ever hear that in church. Because I'm on a, in my head, there is no need to try to remix it. Just sing the song that was done. You, you changing the words does not change the foundation on which this record was created. And it doesn't change, what it does even more, more so, it shows me that you're listening to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no need for you to hide any of that. Just live in the moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but trying to but trying to remix the words? No. Oh. Uh, now now let me clarify this. Let me give this sure. disclaimer. This is totally Jackson's perspective. Sure. Okay, this is not uh this is not the end all. This is just Jackson's perspective. Sure. Don't remix that. <laughs> don't just don't just, just just have a moment, okay? Just gonna have the moment. <laughs> I get so weak in the spirit, I can hardly move. I feel the Holy Ghost coming down on me. Nope, not doing it. (laughs) But, hey, I mean, okay. And listeners, maybe some listeners think, who are Christian, thinks, well, what's the problem, what do you call it, with taking a secular song and remaking it? It feels good. Like, meet me at the church. It's going down. Like, taking the Damn. young girl. <laughs> meet me at the altar. <laughs> Man, and you know, I, it's so hard because I get the intense desire for that, how hype it is. But I feel like also it backfires. Mm-hmm. Because depending on how religious your church is, yep. some people will be like, well, what song was that? And then when they finally hear it, they're like, oh, y'all was paying that in here? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure if you're in a super religious church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, so, um, by the way, Jackson, for the, what do you call it? For now, you it backfires. For Christians that do want to use the N-word in their music, 
I, you know, I have a different thought on that. I'm as you were talking and I was thinking, don't do it. Just please, you know, just save yourself all the backlash and heartache because you're gonna have a lot of people talking and it's not gonna be in a good way. And I get Jackson's point is it's your art. You want to express that you you feel you want to use the N word, but use it. But be prepared for the consequence. Is all I'm gonna say because. You will receive a lot of backlash, like Jackson saying. If you, oh, yeah. if you want to, they will definitely they're gonna be. A, <laughs> yeah. They're definitely gonna be offended by it. But <laughs> I mean, and that's still in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the research and finding out what that word really means. Mm-hmm. I think in our culture, we we know that word as far as you know how we were insulted. Yeah. But I think if people actually want to do the research on that term and that slang, you'd be very impressed, and you'd be very shocked to know what it means. Mm-hmm. We're um, kings and queens. I don't <laughs> exactly. I don't think because it's not really. It really doesn't care the negative consequences that everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Once again, that's that's society, mm-hmm. and that's a, this is a this is a, a nation of people that choose to let uh, social media and all these other platforms tell you what to believe. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's why my response was like, no, I ain't, I ain't kidding about. It. What are you going to say? Because at the end of the day, it's in a lot of people's conversation. It's in their tongue every day. And behind closed doors, there's several other people of other races trying to be down for the cause, saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. They don't say it in public because they don't want to get handled or disrespected a different way by the opposite race. So mm-hmm. it's just like at this point, everybody wants to have the backlash, but it's like, but you all, never mind, never mind. You know what? I quit. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's how I, I just, felt. I Listeners, that's how I felt. So I'm just telling you, if there's any CHH rappers listening, I said it, Christian-only hip-hop listeners listening right now, or anybody that listens to Christian hip-hop, are heavily influenced by the cross movement, etc., and all those guys, I'm not saying they use the N-word. I'm just saying... Be very careful if you want to use that word. It is good, kings and queens, but just be prepared for the backlash for it. If it was me, I wouldn't do it. I just would not. I don't like people talking, and I don't like people, what do you call it, talking to me in a bad way and judging me. So if it was me and I'm a Christian hip-hop holy artist, I just wouldn't because it reflects your testimony. Uh, it reflects your testimony too, and then you got people talking. Are you sure you're a Christian? Oh, are you sure you're? Mm-hmm. A, you hear that? I don't know. I don't know, Jackson. Maybe I'm different. I just would not do it if it was me. But then again, we can't tell people what and what not to do. If you want to do it again, I'm gonna warn you. Just be very careful from the backlash. But I'll tell you, you have to. You got to get a few space to do what they want to do. But I, you're right. You're you're giving them a yeah. a safety wall. Yeah. How you say yourself. Yeah. Just be prepared yourself. The ja- and Jackson does agree with me because if you're gonna open the can of worms, make sure you're able. You better be to ready to it. eat that plate. <laughs> yes. Make sure you're ready. And again. I mean, what people say, well, well, Drake uses it. Well, Drake's a different, I don't mind spinning and rotating Drake because I already know what Drake's about. You're saying you're a testimony and you're representing Christ. You can't. You can't. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, that. then again, Jackson might throw it back on me. Who's to say I tell you you can't? I mean, if you can't, like I said, if you are going to do it, just be prepared for the consequences. So we're still talking about this topic. So what do you think about, okay, and listeners, this is, 
This artist is very disgusting, but it brings just a disgustingness in me. But I mean, it's his art. DJ Luke Nasty is resampling Kirk Franklin's melodies of praise. Now, if you don't know, I know DJ and Luke Nasty because I do radio and I know his song um, might be sampling the escape song and what do you call one of his lyrics is hot sex is the best sex whenever she stretch she just want to get high that's what what do you call it so when now he's taking melodies of heaven rain down on me like from Kirk Franklin you know that song everybody knows that song but he's receiving a lot of backlash DJ Luke Nasty and even to the point where Kirk Franklin heard about this song I don't we don't even know what Kirk Franklin's thoughts are should an artist that type of sexual and provocative take such a beautiful holy song and tamper with it i mean i already know the answer i'm thinking to myself well if you know if christian artists are taken i get so weak in the knees i can hardly breathe and flipping it why can't the secular artists do the same thing oh you're very right you already gave yourself the answer you didn't have to ask me what i'm going to say <laughs> no but in case it's to the listeners jackson what do you think about it you can repeat my answer but i'm just thinking well, if they're doing it, what what's what, what do you call? What's the problem with the secular artists doing the same thing? To me, it's the same. It's the reverse effect. And we can take records from the BGs. We can sample everything else from the secular world and put it in our music and make it a part of our album. Do you have the space to get mad when someone reverses it and does it to your art? No. Mm. Mm. At the end of the day, guess what? Now, now when they get done being nasty. You know, y'all can go listen to Kurt Franklin. You know, you know, you got a good song to listen to on Sunday. Rain down on me. <laughs> That's true. Rain down on me. Take me on set. But you know what? Would you? Okay. But then this might, you know, you know, some people might be curious and think, let me listen to this. But it gets DJ Luke Nasty's name out there. It gets his name out there, right? Hey, hey, it is definitely press. But okay, would everybody's you, like, "Who is this guy?" I know, I know. Would you ever take? Would you ever take a Chris Brown song and sample it? Sample it for what? No, I'm just saying. Like, would you take like a secular? Okay, I wouldn't say sample. I don't want to be too spiritual here. Would you ever take like a Chris Brown song? Let's say, would you take No Guidance and resample it, for example? I mean, if he's going to get you the traffic, I mean, it's been that's always been a concept of a sample anyway. Mm -hmm. Kirk Franklin has sampled several records over the years. And the difference is the Christian community is just so blind that they don't realize that he's been sampling R&B music for years. Ah, preach. Yes, preach. Stop. So it's like, no, that's what I said at this point. I can't. I can't be, once again, I said I'm very big on stepping outside of my own personal thought process and being unbiased, looking at the holistic picture. Mm -hmm. To me, it's, it's, it's a balance. You've done it for years. Not somebody that took yours, maybe use it so they benefit. Like, it is what it is. Who really cares? Mm -hmm. Who really cares? You're right. And at the end of the day... Who really cares? At the end of the... Well, she's laughing in the background, too. Who really cares? <laughs> but you're right, though, at the end of the day. Who really cares? 
But hey, if they can, you know, if you want to do that to their art, don't be mad when they do it to your art too, right, Jackson? I like that point. I mean, it's, yeah, I think I would. I'm not saying he can't be mad. He can be offended, but I mean, it's just you gotta look at what you're selling and what comes back. It's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Whether we like that or not, it's just the reality. Okay, but Jackson, you know what? If I if you sample a song, I could see you sampling. Hmm. Okay, no guidance, but also I could see you resampling Find Your Love by Drake. That's actually a good one. I could resample it. Yeah. I better find your love and I better find your heart. Yes. Oh my God. I give all my love. Nothing's going to Yes. Oh my goodness. That would be good. And then Jackson, I really hope. I don't mean to sound like a negative buddy there, but I really hope your church would be supporting that if you sampled I Better Find Your Love by Drake. I hope they do support that, okay? Family's here. I don't support them. Yeah, I ain't worried about them. Okay. <laughs> They're the last ones I'm worried about. Okay, okay. But Jackson, what do you want to tell the listeners? What do you want to tell the people that have been supporting you, rocking you with you on this journey? Man, look here. First and foremost, thank you. A genuine, a very genuine, heartfelt thank you for the support. Um, as much as people tend to see you in the limelight and they see us up there doing our things, hear the music, they don't understand the demons that we battle with, the fights that we go through, um, the hard work that's put into the craft. Um, so just thank you for the support. Thank you for the love, for the push. Not just for liking the music, but just for the encouraging words that come from people. Um, even if it's a simple, yo, this five. Like, that's encouraging. Like, thank you. Like, okay, I need to do this again. You know, they're, they're kind of, it's a journey. And, and I feel like, you know, a lot of my listeners and supporters are on a journey with me with this process. Because I'm learning about Jackson just as you all are. So just as shocked as you are, know that I'm just as shocked. Because I don't even be ready for me. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> genuine. Thank you, um, and thank you for all the people that I, I, I don't actually get to interact with, all the people that have shared the music with the friends, with the family, all the people that have double-tapped that like button on Instagram, all the people that have reposted a tweet, all the people that have added to a playlist, all the people that have went in and bought it just to support it. I appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and please, by all means, remember that when you listen to Jackson, remember that I am an advocate for you being your best Mm-hmm. Do not allow anyone else to cause you to forget the greatness that is within you. You are great just as you are, no matter what anyone else tells you. Mm-hmm. Now, Jackson, do you want to sing us what in closing the little chorus for I Am? No, no, no. Won't you sing it? I, Jackson, <laughs> come on. You're the same. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to sing a chorus and then you're going to sing. Everything okay. that I am. Oh gosh, I I need your help, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I am is who I'm destined to be. Everything that I am, the world they never could see. I'm moving with purpose, a strong entity. I am, I am, I am. Just know that I am. Mm-hmm. 
Uh huh. And okay, ladies and gentlemen, and when you hear the real version, boom, boom, get ready to move. Okay, get ready to move and have a quarantine club and get ready to move. <laughs> are you on Instagram? Are you on Instagram? I am. So my Instagram handle is it's Jackson. I T S J A X O N. Okay. It's Jackson. Okay. That is my Instagram and Facebook handle. Um, or you can go to the main hub, go to the website. It's jackson.com, and it has all the information there. I-T-S-J-A-X-O-N.com, and it has all of my handles. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, all of that. Okay, okay, okay. It's so good to get to know you, Jackson. Uh, if you want to reach me, listeners, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I at gmail.com. As well, on Instagram, it's D-L-A-C-R-O-X-I on Instagram as well. And tell me what you like. Tell me that you love Jackson. And we'll, he'll, he loves the show, right, Jackson? You love this show, right? I definitely do, and I'm rocking with you, homie. Oh, yes, he's a friend of ours now. He's He debuted, and he had so much fun. I had so much fun. I told you, listeners, it was going to get deep today. We were going to talk about some deep spiritual stuff, and we was going to get a word, and we got the word. It, it went in my belly. It went in my belly, okay? Yes, it sat there. I digested it, and that word was good. It was like a two-edged sword going down the joint and the marrow, okay? <laughs> Join and the marrow. Yes, read Hebrews. You know that scripture, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm misquoting it. I'm misquoting it. I know. Jackson probably thinks I'm terrible. But Jackson, listen, I really, really want to thank you for debuting. Man, look, I appreciate you for being a part of the debuting process, okay? <laughs> thank you so much. Right, all right, all right. And that's going to do it, listeners. On our 100-week episodes, we continue this. Episode 105. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you, Dave. Have a good evening.